Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. On this week's show, Sherry Laskin is back with Cruise News. A lot happening out there. And Richard Sims answers some of your listener questions. Don't forget, if you want to stay up to date on the Cruise News Daily, you can check it out on the feed opposite of this. It's called Cruise Radio News. You can find that where you consume your favorite podcast or on YouTube Monday through Friday. All right, Sherry Laskin with Cruise News. Hello, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Good news for people that want to lay on the beach at Royal Caribbean's private island. Yeah, so Royal Caribbean just announced that masks will not be required during their two-day stop at their private island, Perfect Day at Coco Key, during the seven-night Adventure of the Sea sailings from NASA that are going to begin June 12th, Yeah, just around the corner. It'll make it that much more enjoyable. And Carnival Cruise Line has announced some additional cancellations. Yeah, they just announced the cancellation of nearly all scheduled departures through July 31st. So three ships were left off the list, and these include July sailings for Carnival Vista, and Carnival Breeze, both are scheduled to cruise out of Galveston and also excluded from the cancellation is Carnival Horizon, and that ship is supposed to cruise from Miami. Now, if Alaska cruises can resume this summer, the cruise line will send Carnival Miracle instead of the Freedom up to the last frontier. But, of course, as we've talked about, for cruises from the lower 48 to Alaska to resume, One of two things has to happen. Either Canada rescinds their mandate that closed their ports to foreign ships or the Passenger Services Vessel Act needs to be temporarily canceled. And that would allow ships from the U.S. to bypass the required port service call in Canada. As far as vaccination requirements, Carnival has not yet come to any conclusion that we know of. And Norwegian Cruise Line has detailed their new ship. And I have to say, Sherry, this looks pretty cool. I'm excited. When I read this, it was like, yay. So they're launching a new class of ship, and the first of these six has been officially named. It's going to be called Norwegian Prima. It's scheduled to debut in 2022, and it will be totally unique in size from the rest of the existing fleet. It will accommodate a mere 3,215 guests based on double occupancy and have less than 1,400 crew members. Before Norwegian Prima moves to its new home at Port Canaveral, yay, the new ship will play hopscotch and offer departures from various ports that include the UK, New York, Galveston, and Miami. A new Prima class ship is planned to be launched each year through 2027 And I guess they want to be able to go to different ports that you don't get to with these monster ships. 
If you want to see a full uh, layout of this ship and uh, some new venues being added, you can check that out at cruiseradio.net. And speaking of NCL, they made a very generous contribution to Alaska. Yeah, so Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings is in the process of donating $10 million to six Alaska port communities with, as the holding company says, no strings attached. So all six Alaska port cities are offered the money. These are the ones that were the most hard hit during the pandemic, you know, with no cruise ships or passengers contributing to the economy. Communities set to receive their portion of the $10 million include Juneau, Huna, which is Icy Street Point, Ketchikan, Seward, Skagway, and Sitka. So thinking about it, in 2019, nearly 1.4 million cruisers visit Alaska, and that generated, with everything combined, an excess of $2.2 billion just to Alaska's local business economy. Now, over in Sitka, my old stomping grounds, you know, with less than 8,000, about 8,000 residents per year, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings offered Sitka $1 million with, again, a no quid pro quo attachment. So when the Sitka City Assembly met to decide whether or not to accept the money, the overwhelming answer was yes, but one person did vote no. With this monetary windfall, officials in Sitka are trying to divvy up the money, but there's a lot of discussion about where the funds should be spent and who gets to determine the amounts of who gets what. The roads need repair, the old Sitka dock, and possibly a new dock could use the money. And then should the balance of what's not used be put into a rainy day fund? They're trying to figure this all out. And there's another thing to consider. Now, as we just said, the money was given from Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings with no strings attached. But I think it's important to keep in mind that Norwegian now owns three acres of undeveloped prime waterfront in Juneau. They built the second pier in Huna over at Icy Street Point. And last summer, after much debate, they began dredging to build a new cruise pier several miles from downtown Ketchikan. Uh, It's where the old pulp mill used to be, and there is some talk of will it damage the seabed. So whether or not Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings eventually comes looking for favors from these six currently cash-strapped communities remains to be seen. I feel that if you were looking for a favor, you could probably have the upper hand, though, right? I mean, you have to look at someone who helped you out during a really bad time. Yeah, I mean, it's very generous. And, you know, if it's truly altruistic Mm -hmm. from the holding company to do this, that's wonderful. If it, you know, helps with docking preferences or things like that, again, it remains to be seen. Yeah. All right. And Holland America's newest ship has completed sea trials. Yeah, Rotterdam, the newest ship for Holland America, and it's the cruise line's seventh ship named Rotterdam, last week successfully completed two sets of vigorous sea trials along Italy's Adriatic coast. The ship is being built at Fincantieri Shipyard near Venice, and on April 25, Rotterdam left the shipyard for two days of those sea trials, and having aced those, the ship returned to dry dock at a different Fincantieri shipyard. Official sea trials began on May 3rd, followed by a return to the original shipyard near Venice for the final phase of construction. The ship is scheduled for the traditional handoff delivery ceremony on July 30th, 
2021. And just to note, Rotterdam is the third Holland America Pinnacle class ship and can accommodate up to 2,688 passengers based on double occupancy. Wow. Sherry, we have some breaking cruise news here as we're recording this. So I'm just going to kind of jump in here. This is from Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, on his Twitter account. Um, he said, the CDC ban on independent shoreside exploration for all cruise passengers um, has been moved from a requirement to a recommendation. Also, the CDC is finally providing some current cruise guidelines. Vaccinated passengers are no longer required to wear a mask outside, except in crowded spaces. And unvaccinated passengers still must, included while wearing sunbathing or lounge chairs, be spaced six feet apart. So it's looking like this goes back to the top of the hour there with the um, mask recommendations with Royal Caribbean, with them not requiring it. This kind of goes hand in hand because they will be fully vaccinated on adventure. Yeah. So we're moving forward. Yeah. All right. It looks like we have some new health and safety protocols for Azamara. They finally released some guidelines earlier this week. They did. And with a planned return to service this summer from Greece, Azamara revealed their new health and safety protocols. They've called it the Explore Well at Sea. And it was designed under the guidance of the Healthy Sail Panel, which, as we've talked about, is a combined effort of Royal Caribbean Group, who happens to own Azamara and Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. Briefly, here's just a little rundown of what you would see if you're cruising from Greece with Azamara this summer. All passengers will be required to be fully vaccinated at least two weeks prior to sailing and provide a negative COVID-19 test results. But once on board, free testing and medical evaluations will be available. The cruise line has installed new HVAC filtration systems on each of their four ships. The filtration system will pull in fresh sea air, move it through a two-stage filter, through some copper coils, and release what they say is 99.99% pure air with no bacteria or viruses. Crew members are being trained for proper surface sanitation and cleaning using EPA-certified disinfectants. Every ship will be equipped with an enhanced medical facility. With added equipment, they're going to have a dedicated infectious control officer and new isolation staterooms. They've made agreements with local governments, hospitals, and transportation partners to be sure that should anyone get sick, they will have a smooth return home. Listener question here. I'm not going to say her name out of respect because she just lost her husband. Best cruise line for a new widow in her early 60s who is very social. I am not an NCL fan. Well, I'm sorry for your loss, first of all. And since you're not an NCL fan, you know, I did some thinking about this because I'm you know, kind of in your demographic, but don't tell anybody. Uh, uh, you know, Cunard's Queen Mary 2 was the very, very first thing I thought of. And I don't participate in this, but everybody else seems to. They have dance hosts nearly every night in the Queen's Room, which is a huge ballroom, usually with live music. They have um, coffee breaks every morning for solo passengers. You can request a table with just solo diners. And this I have tried. They have line dancing at least a couple times during the weekend. And I'm referring to a transatlantic. I've never cruised Queen Mary, um, you know, in the Caribbean or North America. But the passenger demographic is older. And then, of course, any Holland America ship, they 
despite, you know, going for the younger crowd, they still have a slightly older demographic. And you can always find trivia at least twice a day, you know, once a day, but almost always twice a day. And again, you can request a dining room table to be with other solo cruisers. And they have their solo traveler get togethers as well. And then an odd one here, but I do remember this, Crystal Serenity. Now, if it's within your budget and they've got promotions going on right now, you know, there's less passengers than on Cunard's Queen Mary 2 and any Holland America ship. So it's really easy to get to know everyone else. And there seem to be a lot of singles on this ship. I don't know why. And the personalized service, I think it makes a solo passenger feel really welcome and not lost in the crowd of thousands of people. But, you know, going back to what you said, you don't like NCL. And as a solo cruiser, I'm going to kind of agree with you on that in one respect. And that would be a dinner. To me, it was a chore. There's no fixed dining time, no fixed tables. And everyone's moving around all the time. And as a solo, it was very uncomfortable for me. So I ended up having all my dinners uh, every time I've done this in one of the cafeterias. But that said, you know, they do have the solo staterooms and a studio lounge, um, which is a really great way to meet other traveling solo cruisers. But if you should want to try that, one thing I did learn, you don't have to stay in the 100 square foot studio stateroom to use the studio lounge. Now, this could change at any time, but the couple of times that I've done this, all I had to do was introduce myself to the attendant and said, I'm traveling solo and Would he mind if I came into the lounge and met other passengers? And it was fine. So I had a place to go to, even though I had, I originally did book the the studio stateroom and I just, I couldn't do it. So I changed, but I was still able to use the lounge. So, and those are available on a handful of ships. Epic has the most, Breakaway has some, and then Encore, Escape, Bliss, Getaway and Pride of America all have studio staterooms. So, and those are the three to four suggestions for you to start your solo social cruising, I guess. So again, sorry for your loss, but, you know, moving on, I hope you have some good cruise experiences. All right. I hope that helped. You can always email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Sherry, thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Doug. Same to you. You're listening to Cruise Radio, America's trusted voice of the cruise industry. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. The world is constantly changing. Your place for news is still the same. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. All right. Joining us is staff writer Richard Sims. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. 
Our first question is something we're just starting to learn about. It's from Princess Cruises. The letter comes from Mark in Sandusky, Ohio. He says, hi, Doug. I have a cruise book next year on Sky Princess, and someone told me that Princess is doing away with set dining times. My wife and I always book the early dinner seating, but it sounds like that will no longer be an option. What gives? Well, like Mark, we're only just sort of starting to hear about this. It started making its way around earlier this week. Um, Frankly, I'm going to be really interested to see what the reaction to this is. You know, how do princess cruisers take to this idea? But in essence, Mark is right. The new Dine My Way plan eliminates the two previous plans. So before, like a lot of other cruise lines, they had an early and a late seating. And then they also had sort of the, you know, pick your own time dining. All of that is gone. They are now going to do basically everything as you make a reservation through, you can do it in advance or while you're on board, you can do it with the medallion technology. They've been using the medallion technology for a while now, and they've been looking at all the feedback, which this is very similar to sort of what Disney has done since they introduced the Magic Band. They're able to gather a whole lot of information about people's behavior, stuff like that. So Princess looked at it and said, we are being really inefficient here. We are not using our dining capacity to the best of our abilities. I have no doubt that this also has to do with the fact that, you know, as we sort of move into this new post-COVID age of the resumption of sailing, one of the things you want to do is avoid log jams. You want to avoid big lines at the podium, you know, that you see all the time. So the best way to do that is to have people have reservations that you are controlling. So, you know, instead of 500 people showing up at the dining room at 615 for the early seating, they now will have uh, the ability to sort of know who's coming when, stagger it out. So all of the dining will basically be by reservations that you can make. The good news is that if you want to do, say you want to do early dining just like you've always done it, well, they're saying you will have that ability in essence because you can just say, I want to have a 615 dinner every night and make a reservation for that. It doesn't sound necessarily like you'll be able to get the same table every night, but they say they will do their best to sort of make sure you have the same waiter every night. Probably the coolest thing about this new ability is what you are able to tell them before you even sit down for dinner. For example, let's say you have a food allergy. Maybe you're allergic to shrimp. You can tell them that via the app when you're making the reservation months in advance. So, you know, now a lot of times somebody has to come out and meet with you and say, oh, well, this is safe. This is not safe. They will have all that information going in. The other thing, and this is one I really like, and I think you would particularly like, you tend to be a little impatient. You don't want like a long time between courses, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. This gives you the ability to tell your waiter in advance, you know, I want a fast dinner. I want a slow dinner. um, I want to take my time. And they will do their best to sort of adjust to your dining style. So if you are someone who is impatient and is like, you know, bring that food out. Let's get this out of the way. I got I got gambling to do and a show to see. They will adjust to that. So, you know, it's going to give them a lot more flexibility. The only thing I question is how people will react to I would think essentially to get the dining times that you want, you really have to now map everything out in advance, you know, before you get on that ship. 
because you don't necessarily want to take the risk of getting on the ship. And if you want to dine every night at 6.15 or if you want to, you know, dine tonight at 6.15 and tomorrow at 7.45 and you want to adjust your dining party, it makes the advanced planning both easier but also a lot more cumbersome. So we'll have to see how this plays out as we move forward. It's funny you say that about being impatient and, you know, because sometimes you're right, like you will be at a restaurant on a cruise ship and you're like, wow, the service is really slow tonight. But in reality, if I was on land, I probably wouldn't consider that slow. I think I try to jam so many things into an evening on a cruise that it just seems like it's super, super slow, you know? Exactly. You know, I I mean, I know that on a cruise ship, we do. We have so many things. I remember when uh, we were all on Carnival Sunrise and we had a dinner that we were enjoying, but we had ordered a lot of food. We had ordered, we, we were those people who ordered like, you know, two appetizers and two main courses and, and cause we had been hiking or something all day. And, you know, it did take a while. And I like the idea that you can say to them, you know, listen, I'm going to order a lot of food. Just bring it all out. I don't care what order it comes in. I got to get, you know, I got to get this moving cause I got some gambling to do. Yeah. And our next question comes from Karina. She says, Dear Doug, I love listening to this show and dearly miss the cruise reviews. So do I. Here's my question. What happens when you win more than $10,000 in a cruise ship casino? Do you have to report those earnings at the port on your way back and pay taxes? I know that sales are duty-free and the casinos don't even open until the ship is in international waters. But what happens when you do win that money? Well, you know, I can say that I've had this happen once, not in the $10,000 amount, but, you know, I have had to deal with the whole you win at sea. So if you've ever seen, you're sitting in the casino and suddenly the person next to you is extending their hand and they are having $100 bills put in it, they are getting what is known as a hand pay. There are two reasons that cruise lines do that. One, it's, you know, it looks good to everyone around them. Like, oh, look, we do have winners in the casino because, Cruise ship casinos get a bad rap as far as payouts. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, they're so stingy. And of course, you hear that same thing about, you know, any land-based casino on any given day. But they like to be able to show that, you know, yes, we actually have payouts. But the big reason that you see that is anytime you hit a payout, and I believe it's $1,200 on slot machines. It's a little different with table games. Table games are sort of a whole different area. So we're going to stick mostly to slots here. But if you hit a $1,200 or higher jackpot, they have to fill out tax forms. They will come to you. They will ask to see ID. They will ask for your social security number. And once you have filled out those forms, they will give you your money. And they will also give you a copy of the form you just filled out. They keep the other copy and turn it into the IRS. So yes, it is all designed so that you do have to pay taxes on that. Now, just like on land, some cruise ships and some lines will give you the option of having that money taken out right now. So let's say you you win $10,000. They'll say, do you want us to withhold the $2,000 right now? I have honestly never seen that, and I've never seen anybody take advantage of it. I should say I've never seen that on a cruise ship. I have seen it on land. I saw my brother-in-law win $14,000 and opt to have that taken out right there. I've never seen it on a cruise line, but I am told that it is possible on some cruise lines to have your taxes withheld in advance. Uh, and then when tax time comes around, you know, you have to basically fill out a form just like you do anything else you're claiming on your taxes. And either if you haven't already paid it, then you will be charged, you know, the appropriate tax based on however much you won. 
my question is, on your next sailing, when you win $20,000 in the Lucky Lynx or whatever that machine you play is, are you going to say, <laughs> hey, go ahead and withhold the 15 or 15% or are you going to take it all? If they offer to withhold it, I think I would say, yes, go ahead. Because I like to, just like before I get on a cruise ship, I like to have everything that I can have paid for. You know, I get the drink package. Uh, if I'm going to get anything I can pay for in advance, I like to. Same thing when I get off the ship. I don't want to get off the ship with any bills. I want it all to be paid for before I get off the ship. And I don't want to, six months from now, have to worry about like, oh, crap. I never set aside the money that I won, and now I owe the IRS, you know, $4,000 or whatever. So, yeah, if they offered me that option, I would definitely do it. But the one or two times I've actually gotten hand pays, Mm -hmm. that was not even presented to me as an option. Our next question comes from Michelle, who says, Dear Doug, I've wanted to get my husband to do a Disney Cruise Line sailing for years, but haven't had much luck. I recently read that Disney Wish is going to have a Star Wars theme bar. And given that my husband is a total Star Wars geek, I'm pretty sure this will finally convince him to sail. Can you tell me anything about the bar that I can use as ammunition? Okay, so I have not yet done a Disney cruise, but as a big Disney fan, it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I admit the reason I haven't really done it is twofold. One, they don't have casinos on board. And, you know, I like the casino. And two... It's a lot of children, and I don't have children, and I don't know that I want to be trapped at sea with a lot of children for a week. However, that said, I'm not going to say that I make my decision about what cruise ships to do based on the bars they have on board, but I kind of fully admit that the hyperspace lounge on the Disney Wish has definitely got my attention. And I'm not even really that big a Star Wars nut. I just really like the idea of this bar. So the basic concept is that you are on a spaceship, you know, floating around out in space in the Star Wars universe, and there's a giant screen that's supposed to be sort of like a viewport. And outside of that, you see, you know, the planets you're passing and various ships from the Star Wars universe and all that. One of the things I kind of like about this is that You know, I can kind of imagine that with the gentle rocking of a ship at sea, it probably does feel sort of like, you know, you're on this space cruiser out in the middle of nowhere. The other thing I can't wait to see is what they offer in the way of, you know, space-themed cocktails. You know me. I'm, I'm all about specialty cocktails. You know, go to the Alchemy Bar and, like, work your way down the list kind of thing. This sounds the same thing. They're going to have a bunch of space-themed cocktails. So that's incredibly cool to me. We've seen bars sort of like this before, you know, like on Norwegian, some of their bigger ships have a bar in the casino called the Skyline. I think it's called the Skyline Bar or Skyline Lounge, something like that. And their giant screens project images of various cities, often cities that you're you know, going to visit on that trip. Now, if you really, really, really want to use this bar to sell your husband, and he's a big Star Wars fan, there's a site out there called StarWars.com, and I don't know how they got it, but they have got the information that breaks down. Apparently, you'll see 40 different ships on the viewports. Of course, you're going to see the Millennium Falcon. You know, even even a non-Star Wars nut knows, you know, the Millennium Falcon, Harrison Ford's ship. You're going to see that. They have the list of all 40 ships that you will see as the, you know, the various scenes unfold on that screen. So, you know, I would go get that, 
print it out, show it to your husband and be like, hey, this is what you get to see while you sit drinking cocktails. So if that doesn't get him on board the Disney cruise, nothing will. Uh, By the way, the Disney Wish is coming out next summer, summer of 2022, but they will be opening it up for reservations starting next week. May 27th is the date that you can start booking on this ship. And also, Michelle, I do suggest checking out a couple of the Disney Cruise Line resources out there. There's some really good ones. Um, there's Scott has DisneyCruiseLineBlog.com. Steve has the DCL podcast. And there is the, I think it's the DCL Duo podcast, a couple who does some sailings all about Disney Wish and things like that. So a lot of good resources out there. Hey, Richard, before we hop here, uh, when is your next sailing? Right now, my next sailing is December. Um, I am booked to do the Carnival Mardi Gras. I have written about it and talked about it a lot because, you know, generally speaking, I don't really – I'm just happy being on a cruise ship. I don't really care where it's going. I don't really care, you know, too much about the ship. I just really want to be on a ship. But Mardi Gras is, for me – I think this is the first time I've booked a cruise specifically because of a ship – it's definitely the first time I've booked a cruise that I have to fly to. I normally sail out of New York, and this will be out of Port Canaveral. I am so stoked about this ship. I cannot wait to try it. What are your thoughts on their, I, I don't want to say a ship within a ship concept, but like their whole Excel area? I think it's going to be interesting because it is a little bit different. Like normally ship within a ship concepts, for example, the Haven on Norwegian, it is literally an area that you need key card access to and the rooms are within that area. There's a restaurant, there's a bar, there's a pool area. This is a little bit different. This is sort of more, this is almost more like the Vibe Beach Club, which, you know, I love my Vibe Beach Club on Norwegian Cruise Line. And that's what that's what this sounds a little bit more like to me. Now, we haven't experienced it yet because this is going to be the first time it's ever been on a carnival ship. Uh, it'll be introduced on Mardi Gras. But I'm very excited because... I booked a suite, also my first time. There's a lot of firsts with Mardi Gras for me. Uh, I booked a suite on Mardi Gras, and suite guests at that level get automatic free access to this area, which otherwise you have to actually, um, you can buy like a day pass for that kind of thing. But I think it sounds pretty cool. If it's anything like my vibe, I'm going to be real happy. All right. If you have a listener question, drop us a line. Doug at cruiseradio.net. Staff writer Richard Sims, as always. Thank you, buddy. As always, thanks for having me. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, Give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.